Baseball today. It is Friday. It is Kokomo Friday. Hope you are having a beautiful day. I am Adam Azer. Let's say hello to Scott White. Hey, Scott White. Hello, Adam Azer. Hey, Chris. How nice, are we doing? Nice to see you, Chris Towers. You like the little hand flourish there? That you People gave? just listening. They don't. They don't see it. They don't know what I'm talking about. As we gotta throw in these little nuggets to get them on to get them watching the video. I, I do love your nugs, Scott, but I didn't see what you're talking. <laughs> yeah, about. yeah, I didn't either. Little, I'm sure it was great. Hey, where's? I'm the, sure it was. Yeah, oh, I'm sure oh, it was yeah, my hands off camera. Oh, I gotta, I gotta have more camera awareness. I'm sorry. It's like, is that better? Yeah, that's great. Thank okay. you, Scott. Um, Chris, where, where the heck is Heath? <laughs> oh, Heath is not going to be on Fridays anymore, guys. Uh, I have to, I have to break the news. I'm sorry to have to do it in such a public way. Oh, but uh, you know, he's just got that too much on so- his plate. Yeah. All right. Well, that's a shame because I have he's a busy guy. I have the best story that's ever been told on the show today, and Heath won't be a part of it. Really? And- is it better than Heath's first pitch? No, it's not better than that. But it's pretty cool. <laughs> and and uh, I have a visual. I have a visual that if you're watching, uh, you'll be able to see it. So let's start though. Uh, today, we'll, we'll obviously look at the two-star pitchers for next week. We'll look at weekend streamers uh, for today, tomorrow, and Sunday. We got news and notes. Uh, you know, I got some deep league guys that are pretty interesting, like Danny Santana and Eric Sogard. They're barely owned. Uh, Wade LeBlanc has been pretty good when they're using an opener. He's barely owned. And, yeah, we'll just talk about a lot of players today. But let's start with the guys that we spent yesterday's show discussing. The Dodgers starting pitchers that could be replacing Rich Hill, Arias, and Stripling. Both owned in 40 to 50% of leagues. Zach Gallen, or as one of our team named Tuesday participants said a couple weeks ago, Zach Gallen Fanakis, 58% owned, five innings, one run at St. Louis. And Adbert Alzale, who's only 14% owned. And that is criminally underowned. You got to go get well, yeah. that. Right? I mean, it's crazy. <laughs> After seeing what he did yesterday, yeah, I would say so. Yeah, four innings, one run. He came in in the fifth. He struck out five Mets, but 14% owned. And he will start next time around, right, Alzale? I would assume so. I think this is kind of just an easing in, in scenario. Uh, I know I know. on the Cubs official site, they were talking about how the way Alzale had been going at AAA, Theo Epstein was trying to come up with ways to get him involved even before Kyle Hendricks went down. They were thinking about maybe doing a six-man rotation for a stretch of games while, where they don't have a day off. Uh, so, you know, now that Hendricks is out, that should make it easy. And the contrast between how he performed in his four innings and how Tyler Chatwood performed in his four innings was pretty stark. Yeah. And if he does start next week, he might be a two-star pitcher. They, they are lined up like he would be lined up to face Atlanta and at Cincinnati. But obviously we have to see there. Uh, we're going to save Gallon for last. But let, let's start with the Dodgers, because Rich Hill is not going to be back. If he comes back at all, it's not going to be till mid-August. So we've got time for either Arias or Stripling to claim this job. And, you know, they both were 
I guess fine yesterday. Stripling gave up three unearned runs. He gave up a home run. But, I mean, if you look at Stripling's history, he was great as a starter last year. Dave Roberts said he's more built up than Julio Arias, obviously. Um, but Arias, three innings of one-hit ball, five strikeouts. So who are you going for? Chris, I'll, I'll kick it off with you. Who are you going for in the Dodgers uh, in this situation between Julio Arias and Ross Stripling? Well, let, I, before Chris, before Chris gives his answer, I just I just wanted to mention that um, there was a report from the OC Register prior to this game, a quote from Andrew Friedman saying Stripling deserves it. Like it, it's supposed to be Stripling. I don't know if yesterday's game changed anything, but the the plan is Stripling. Oh, okay. I didn't see that. Well, that sucks. <laughs> But actually, it just means that I need to pick <laughs> so up Stripling. So to answer your question, Adam, <laughs> Ross Stripling would be the one I would go for. That sucks. I, got, I picked up I picked up Arias in five freaking and leagues. Awful. I think Arias is more interesting at this point. Like Stripling was really, really good last season, uh, but part of that came with an increase in fastball velocity that he mostly has not been able to sustain. Now, it's ticked up a little bit. Uh, since he's gone back to the bullpen, but you know, I he's someone that he's never going to throw hard, but he was getting closer to like average velocity, and it kind of helps everything else play up. So it's definitely something that I would have wanted to see from him if he was going back in the rotation. Is getting back to that ninety-two, ninety-three mile per hour area with his fastball. I think Arias is more interesting. He's less proven for sure and he's less of a sure thing um i think they'll both be good they're dodgers pitchers they have I mean, nothing might, but good start it might be a situation where they they piggyback kind of like chatwood and and Alzalate just did because um arias has been throwing a lot of two and three inning outings more so than stripling stripling pitched two innings yesterday versus arias's three when Stripling was at the in the rotation at the start of the year, he made six starts. I think he had about a 2.65 ERA. So he's interesting enough to pick up in his own right. But they were short starts, and you know I don't imagine he's going to come out throwing seven innings after being in the bullpen so long. If I was prioritizing the two, I I would prioritize Stripling. Uh, but I, I I don't. You know, it, it if it is kind of a piggyback situation and Stripling goes like four innings, Arias is going to be the one coming in and getting in line for the win. You know? So what do you guys think of Zach Gallen? Gallen, 58% owned, 10 swinging strikes on 99 pitches. Nearly gave up two home runs in the first inning. His first batter, Matt Carpenter, flew out to like between the warning track and the wall, or the, you know, part of the warning track. And then Goldschmidt hit a home run distance uh, but foul. But overall, it was a very good first start for Zach Gowan. Five innings of one-run ball with six strikeouts at the Cardinals. He's at Washington next week. I don't know where that 97-mile-per-hour fastball was. Sure didn't see it. I mean, I watched the first and the fifth inning, so I didn't see all that yeah, much. Yeah, that, that was... His velocity was a little lower than I think a lot of the reports on him had been. He looked more like an average fastball velocity guy. He averaged 92.7. That's... I think actually a little bit below the average starter fastball peaked at 94. So not exactly what we were hoping to see, but it's a really good sign that he was willing to throw. I mean, he only threw 29 fastballs out of 99 pitches. So he has a lot of confidence in all three of his secondary pitches and his cutter 
was actually his number one pitch yesterday, and that's considered his best pitch. So it was good to see good results from that. He generated a pretty decent amount of weak contact and three swinging strikes with his cutter as well. Yeah, I don't see any reason why I, I would be disappointed. I mean, the guy making his major league debut, he gave a one run in five innings. Um, you know, I, I'm, I'd be pretty pleased with it as a gallon owner. I think certainly he deserves more looks based on this start. Yeah, I yeah. thought the, his arm angle was interesting. Like, I, I feel like his arm angle, there, and a lot has been made of his arm angle, him changing it, but uh, I, I, I feel like it's, it's it it just because it's on it it appears to be, you know, less than typical. That might be something that's added to his success too. Um, yeah, yeah, I was fine with it. I he's still available in like forty percent of CBS leagues. I think he need they need that that number needs to shrink drastically. Yeah, I'd probably pick him up. I, I it was weird. I, I wasn't really blown away, but at the same time, he's got a lot of pitches that he throws for strikes. So I guess I was just expecting more velocity because of the reports, but uh, mm-hmm. but good start and uh, a different kind of pitcher. Yeah, that arm angle is funky. There's just a, a funkiness to Zach Gallen. So um, would you drop Framber Valdez, who I I think may have been affected by the weather. His first three innings were fine, and then it really started coming down in the fourth inning, and he started struggling at the Yankees. But also keep in mind, Valdez's previous two starts were against Baltimore and Toronto. Would you drop Valdez to pick up Zach Allen? I would rather. If have- it came to it, I would. I'm I'm not especially interested in dropping Valdez. I yeah. hope I had someone else I could drop instead. But if that was my only choice, I I would do that. Yes. What did you say, Chris? Same. Okay, and yeah, I'd rather have Gallon, but I'm not like going out of my way to drop Valdez. So how would you rank Gallon, Stripling, Arias, Alzale? Gallon, Alzale, though I'd probably put Valdez behind Gallon if we were doing that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then who are the other Do- the two Dodgers pitchers, yeah. Stripling and Arias? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's how I'd rank Scott. All right, beautiful. Today's sponsor is Indochino. I love my Indochino suit. Please go ahead and get yourself one. Use the promo code FBT on Indochino.com. Get a suit for $359. A custom suit. Amazing deal. $359 promo code FBT on Indochino. All right, here's my story. So went out last night for my birthday. By the way, I don't think any of you wished me a happy birthday. Maybe maybe Chris did. I'm gonna think I'm thinking no uh, though. Happy birthday, Adam. Yeah. None of you did. You had Where'd a chance to you, do it on Wednesday. Did it. On the I show. made it. You know why? I didn't I didn't see you, Adam. I didn't. Facebook? I didn't hear from you. Well, I didn't get you anything didn't, on my you wall. Didn't, uh, you didn't wish him a happy birthday this morning either. Look, if you make yourself invisible or yesterday. on your birthday, you you only have yourself to blame. All right, fine. Right? You need to you need to walk around on your birthday carrying a balloon, wearing a shirt with like your face on it, and then you know. Then I'll get you. Need to make it a little. I, I would wear a shirt with Adam's face on it. Yeah. Funny you mentioned that because one year for my birthday, I went to dinner with my friends and two of them were wearing a shirt with my face on it. It was very strange. <laughs> um, okay, so I'm out to dinner and I don't usually care about celebrity sightings, but yesterday was uh, the coolest celebrity. Sign- I, I met the most famous person I will ever meet, ever. He is, I'm going to let you try to guess. He is like internationally famous. He's an extremely important person who lives in New York with his very famous wife. Obviously lives in New York. Uh, what else could I say? He's kind of an older guy. He's not in the sports world. Who do you think? Not I, in the sports. Who world. do you think I met last night? 
Like like mind blowingly famous. <laughs> Not in the sports world. Okay. Mm. What else? Um. Mm. What else could I say? Famous. Uh, His you know wife what? is equally, if yeah. not more, famous. Uh, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Okay. And more relevant recently uh, than him. Yo-Yo uh, Ma. Okay, let's let's bring up the picture and take a look at, at who I saw yesterday. Oh. President Bill Clinton eating at the wow. same restaurant. Wow. It was like, oh, my God, that's Bill Clinton. And look, I'm not wow, going to go to some politics, fancy but... places, Adam. Yeah, no, no, no nice not at all. <laughs> no, it was a, it was a Me- it was a Mexican restaurant that happens to be really good. Uh, I went for my birthday, which again, you guys didn't wish me happy birthday, but like people were were like, "That's did, Bill Clinton." Did he? Uh, no, oh, he didn't. Bill know. Clinton eating it on the border. Uh, no, it was called it was called Guadalajara. <laughs> Chevy's. The, if you live in Westchester, go to Guadalajara. It's amazing. Even Bill Clinton dines there. But I felt bad because I didn't want to bother him, but I thought to myself, like, my son is here. If I can get my son in a picture with Bill Clinton, he is going to cherish that at some point. I like, mean, he's going to bring that to show and tell in third grade. So couldn't even look at the camera, though. I know, I know. He wasn't looking at the camera. Come on, kid. But your, one, your one chance. I just thought it was so cool. I was blown away. I was, I was just starstruck by it. Uh, it's just, I've never met a president yeah. before. So thank you for indulging me on this story. Bill Clinton... <laughs> is making only one start next week, so he's not in this next segment of two-star pitchers. Who are of the crappy, crappy list of two-star pitchers? It is a, a light week of games next week. Who less than 70% owned are we looking at? Chris, give me some crappy names. There's only two, I think, that are even worth considering. I don't Maybe, Maybe Scott will disagree, but actually, man, there might be one. <laughs> this is really stinky. I, I of, of Trevor Richards against Washington needs. and Philadelphia is probably the best option. He's fifty percent owned, and then mm-hmm. Adam Plutko has really good matchups. He's at he's versus Kansas City, and then at Baltimore, that's probably well. Brad Keller has really good matchups, and yeah. apart from his most recent start, has sure. been on a nice run. Yeah, yeah. yeah Brad but Keller I, at I, Cleveland at Toronto, fine. Like it's that. If I'm forcing a sleeper, that's probably the one I'm going with. Uh, unfortunately, I'm not going to uh, to go through this until later today, so we can't have that uncomfortable moment where I tell you, oh, he's not really making two starts, Adam, and then it becomes even more uncomfortable when I'm actually wrong. <laughs> so that's, that's a part of the podcast we're all going to miss. But, uh, yeah, I would say of this group, Brad Keller is, is probably my first choice. Yeah, you might be able to find Andrew Heaney. We're going to have to talk about him because I'm not sure you want Andrew Heaney right now, but he's got Cincinnati and Oakland. I don't think Chris Bassett is terrible at St. Louis and at the Angels. Um, and then I I don't want to start him with these matchups, but Trevor Williams at Houston and at Milwaukee, like, heck, heck no. And I know he hasn't been great since coming off the IL, but basically, like, the year before that, starting with the All-Star break last year and going through... His IL, you know, before his IL stint, Trevor Richards was a must-start pitcher. He has only had one start since coming. Trevor out Williams, you mean? Trevor Williams, sorry. Pirates, Trevor Williams. Bad starts, uh, bad, bad matchups at Houston and at Milwaukee, but maybe someone yeah. you want to own. There's no way I'm touching him. He was, he was fool's gold for that entire year. I did, but it's a long time to be fool's gold. 
Right, but sometimes it's fool's gold for a long time. Pyrite takes a long time to uh, to develop. <laughs> okay. Weekend streamers. Uh, actually, looking at the Marlins. Usually when I look at the Marlins, it's to find the guys facing the Marlins. But this weekend, it might be Sandy Alcantara or Eliezer Hernandez or Jordan Yamamoto at Philadelphia. The Phillies are kind of struggling. Each one right more now. magnificent than the last, Adam. <laughs> Where have you been? How about that? So, uh, the Stallions? Yeah, that's that's very funny. Uh, I sent you the names of the weekend streamers. I don't know who your favorites are. You can tell me. Uh, it's a secret. Oh, Zach, Zach, please, Zach, against Detroit. Why don't you tell Detroit. your buddy Bill Clinton? Huh? <laughs> um, uh, I like please, Zach, favorite. but he's 76% owned. And I like Pineda at like- Kansas City. I like what Dakota Hudson's done uh, really for most of the season, but especially since the start of May, he's cut down the walks and is a really heavy ground ball pitcher. So, you know, the Angels aren't a great matchup, but I, I think Dakota Hudson's worth a look that day. Yeah, he's a weird pitcher. But, like, I don't think what he's done recently is uh, unsustainable. But that you can make an argument of how good it really is, and um, yeah, it's it's just he's just a weird, just like super ground ball guy who yeah. doesn't get many strikeouts and walk to strikeout rate is not is is pretty terrible. But um, uh, let's see, you have you have Spencer Turnbull at Detroit. Yeah, which I, is that's wrong. not right. So who he so who's facing Detroit? So he's at Cleveland. Cleveland. Okay, that's that one. He's I been do. so bad lately, Spencer Turnbull. I, I think. He hasn't been great, yeah. But I could do it. I could talk mm. myself into it. Tyler Skies um, against the Cardinals is a pretty good one look, on Sunday. And, and Zach Playsack again. I don't know. Did we say yeah. Zach Playsack against the Tigers? Plesak. Like, that's an easy yes. Yep. I, Jordan Yamamoto at Philadelphia, like, that's dangerous. But the way his first two starts went, I'd be fine sending him out there. Okay. So those are some of your weekend streamers. Was my Clinton story good, or was it just a waste of time? I feel like it was a waste of time. It was a little self-indulgent. Was, yeah, it was very I don't know cool that the audience for you, Adam. That excited, you I don't know that the audience is excited that. about you beating Bill Clinton. But you, look, there was a photo, you and your kid. Like, I, I refuse to show photos of my kids publicly. So that, you know, really? the fact that, that people can see your kid, that's, that, you know, that's, that's a reason to watch the show. Adam, okay. did you have any interesting dreams last night? No. That you'd like to share? <laughs> What's the name of the guy on the Marlins, the pitcher I just mentioned? Ellie what, Hernandez? Eliezer Hernandez. Oh, Eliezer. Okay. No, just because yeah. Scott keeps, because his, his name is Azer. <laughs> Gosh, what is wrong? No, because you? you keep telling me that I'm being like selfish and self-indulgent, and I now I'm just going to play into it, Scott. So You're just going to lean into it. Okay. Let's take a break here on Fantasy Baseball today, and you can hear me talk about my Indochino suit. When we come back, I'll tell you about the injuries that caught my eyes and uh, and more on Fantasy Baseball today. If you've ever been in the market for a new home, you know home shopping can be a lot. There's so much you don't know and so much you need to know. What are the neighborhoods like? What are the schools like? Who is the agent who knows the listing or neighborhood best? And why can't all this information just be in one place? Well, now it is on Homes.com. As somebody who's been through this, I can tell you these features are so, so incredibly valuable. They've got comprehensive neighborhood guides and detailed reports about local schools, and their agent directory helps you see the agent's current listings and sales history. 
The area you live in is just as important as the house itself. You can get to know a neighborhood without ever setting foot in it. Say you're a really active person. You could find out about the nearest parks. Do they have a baseball field? Maybe you want to join a softball league like Chris and I play in. Also, Homes.com collaboration tools makes it easier than ever to share all this information with your family. It's a whole cul-de-sac of home shopping information all at your fingertips. Homes.com. We've done your homework. Selfish Adam Azer back here on Fantasy Baseball today. Just learned during the break that Scott White shook Jimmy Carter's hand once. So congratulations. And Chris, I we're both from the I same know- state. I know Jamie. He Eisenberg actually spoke at my high school graduation. How, how, how cool is that? That is actually pretty cool. Okay, Rich Hill's on the IL. You know that. Mike Clevenger is expected to go on the IL, but it will probably be a minimum stay. Trevor Story is going to miss multiple weeks with a thumb injury, and Brendan Rodgers was called up. No, I don't, did I get Brendan Rodgers in the league when Heath told me I'd be able to get him because nobody wants him? I doubt it. <laughs> did Heath say that nobody should pick up like what what is the context of that did he say nobody should pick up brendan Rodgers? oh i did uh no i dropped him he's still on way no did i not there was a claim we, for him? we had a semi debate about how bad brendan Rodgers was the first time he was up and he was up, taking the very bad angle and i mean he was you know, he may good. be right he didn't he even slug right 300 he was awful <laughs> right he was but he's awful yeah. a super talented prospect who's gonna get to play probably the next Two or three weeks at least in Coors Field. Yeah. I'm pathetic because like I didn't even put in a claim for him, or I, and I would have gotten him for zero dollars. I am just losing at life, but I did meet Bill Clinton. Nolan Arenado <laughs> has a toe injury, guys. Nolan Arenado uh, toe injury, and um, he says he's going to have to play through it and uh, you know or, like deal with it. Is this significant to you? It could be. Uh, it's hard to say right now. It doesn't. Uh, he he fouled a pitch off his toe, right? Yeah, th- yeah, uh, yeah. Like last week, pretty sure. I don't know if it's not broken, if it's not like sprained. It's probably just a pain tolerance thing, and maybe it'll affect him for a couple of weeks. But I don't. There's nothing actionable there. All right, we're gonna go quick here on the notes here. Jesse Chavez is gonna be in the Rangers rotation. Any interest in Chavez? No. Yep. Uh, the Mets fired pitching coach Dave Island and bullpen coach Chuck Hernandez, and Phil Regan will be the new pitching coach for the Mets. Bryce Harper, eighty-two year old, yeah, eighty-two years Billy. old, pretty cool, good for him. Bryce Harper and Reese Hoskins batted first and second for the Phillies, and it did not work. Mitch Haniger could be out through the All Star break. Angelton Simmons had a setback; doesn't seem like a huge setback, but he could have come back this week. That's not going to happen. Angelton Simmons, Dallas Keuchel expected to start at Washington today. Starter sit Keuchel. Oh, I would start him. I would. The fact he went seven innings in both of his minor league rehab starts, like clearly he's stretched out. Um, yeah, if I if I stashed him all this time, I'd want to get him active. Ken Giles is back. Aaron Judge is coming back today. Mitch Garver left with heel soreness. Garrett Cooper still dealing with a sore triceps. He had to be removed from the game. Jorge Alfaro left with concussion-like symptoms. Outfielder Cesar Pueyo did start for the Marlins, so if you're in an NL-only league, maybe keep an eye on him. He was good with the Angels. Um, Adalberto Montesi's on the IL with a groin injury, but that could be a a 10-day stint. Johnny Cueto could start in September, just throwing that out there. And Ryan Zimmerman will start a rehab assignment today, and we're going to talk about that because we're going to talk about Howie Kendrick in a little bit. 
Some baseball stuff. The Nationals are 17-7 and in their last 24 games. The Reds have won five straight. That's the second longest winning streak behind the Yankees. I, by the way, am a Yankees fan. And I met Bill Clinton last night. Houston lost, has <laughs> lost six straight games. They are struggling right now. They need Springer back. Uh, how about the Rays exploring uh, splitting this their home is... games between Tampa Bay and Montreal? What? <laughs> this is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. What, this Clinton thing? No. Oh, no. <laughs> Oh, the no, Tampa the Bay thing? thing. Oh. Uh. Like, who would ever, why would Tampa or Montreal ever go for this? It's well, I, been I, laid it's, out. I, I guess they're towing the water to see how much Montreal really misses baseball with, that, with an eye idea on a more permanent move yeah. if the results are there. That, that, that's my guess. I would love to it look up the attendance sense. figures for the Nationals when they were, when they were the Expos. Because I don't, it, I don't think they were like selling out every game. This whole thing no, about no, they were pretty bad. Right? but it was like they were bad, but it was also pretty obvious they were leaving. All right, what's the point of going to a baseball game if you know the team's gone? Yeah, like before the strike when they looked like the best team in baseball, I feel uh, the the they were drawing well. I, I think well, they were the best team in baseball at that point. Yeah, they were the best team in baseball. Yeah. Okay, um, Brandon Lau is 0 for 14 with nine strikeouts in his last four games. Charlie Morton, Charlie Morton in six straight starts has exactly 14 swinging strikes. Mind blowing. He's really good. Marcus Simeon has a 17 game hitting streak. Uh, Jacob Jacob has given up eight runs in two starts against the Royals, 15 runs in his other 13 starts. That's weird. Thank you AP for that. <laughs> and Charlie Blackman. Is 26 for 54 with six homers and five doubles since coming off the IL, and he has 25 hits in his past nine games. That is amazing. Guys, let's, let me give you some deep league players real quick here, and you tell me if you think any of them have mixed league relevance. Danny Santana is 22% owned. Eric Sogard, he's a, he is a Rangers utility man. Uh, Danny Santana, eligible at first, second, outfield, and short. He's got nine steals this year, and he's batting 312. Eric Sogard has been pretty good lately for the Blue Jays. He leads off. He plays most days, but not every day. Sogard is eligible at second and short. Jake Marisnik homered twice for the Astros yesterday. He's 5% owned. And Mike Yastrzemski has been okay. And he doesn't play every day. Plays a lot, though, for the Giants. So Danny Santana, Eric Sogard, Marisnik, and Yastrzemski. Scott, real quick, anyone mixed league relevant? At one point in a 15-team league this year, I have owned and used all of Danny Santana, Eric Sogard, and Mike Yastrzemski. <laughs> uh, I, I I probably used them and lost them, but uh, I, like part of the problem for Santana and Sogard is they just don't play regularly enough. Like they're kind of fringy to begin with, and then they don't play regular enough. Sogard might be kind of interested in if he for sure played every day, but he doesn't. So it's deep leagues only for these guys. I like Danny Santana. I think he's pretty good. Um, over the last couple of years, he's really taken a step forward with his exit velocity, and the the Statcast metrics are actually very good. His expected batting average. He does have like a four oh five uh, BABIP right now, but his expected average is actually still like two ninety. So it's not like he's way over his head he's got some pop and he's got some speed he doesn't play every day but i do think he's a worthwhile ad in a, in a roto league with that kind of positional eligibility and his power speed pump. i think they could certainly 
get him in there more often, like like uh, Ronald Guzman at first base. I don't know how South Santana is defensively, but they, they could find spots for him, even though it will get a little more crowded soon with Gallo. And pitchers, Wade LeBlanc and Glenn Sparkman. Wade LeBlanc's been used with openers, and he's been pretty good three of the last four times. Glenn Sparkman is a Royals pitcher who is, you know, Glenn Sparkman. He's a superhero. What about Wade LeBlanc and Sparkman? Any interest there? Not really. Yeah. You'd, it'd have to be like a, a points league that's so deep you struggle to fill out your rotation and just are looking to find innings. That's that's about the only scenario where I'd want to I'd want to make a play for either of those two. <laughs> this whole thing with Wade LeBlanc for Seattle and Tommy Malone, it's like, it is using an opener that much of an edge where it can turn a crap pitcher into a really good pitcher, just not having to face the best hitters in the order one time? No, <laughs> no, I don't think so. Like, I, I, this is, a, there's a bit of the opener should help uh, mediocre pitchers pitch a little better, but... Mm-hmm. There's also just good luck involved with all of them. Like I, I think what's interesting is the Rays who pioneered this last year and the numbers probably overstated how effective it was, but nonetheless, the numbers were really good doing it. They've kind of shied away from it this year while other teams have made more aggressive well, use of yeah, it. Yeah, and before the season, they said they were – they came into the season with Charlie Morton, Tyler Glass now, and Blake Snell not being opener guys. They 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 were just going to use those guys as starters. And I think what they're doing is just with their good pitchers, they're willing to not go with a starter or with an opener. And so like Yanni yeah, Trinos has been good enough this year that they've mostly abandoned that for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I believe they're still doing it for Yarbrough, right? Yes. Okay. Sometimes, sometimes not, and they do it pretty much all the time for Jalen Beeks. Yeah. But uh, but less less than I expected them to coming into the year, I would say. Thoughts on dot 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 guys. Give me your quick thoughts on Howie Kendrick. He's sixty four percent owned. I think he's good. I I mean I, that's that's a guy who if he played every day, I think he'd be owned everywhere and probably started everywhere. Yeah. Um, yeah. But they just haven't been able to find a permanent spot for him. And the fact Ryan Zimmerman's coming back will make it harder. He deserves to play over Ryan Zimmerman, I think, but he hasn't been playing consistently over Mike Adams or Matt Adams. So but uh, I, I also think um, this is a situation and it would be true of Ryan Zimmerman if he was playing where it's, it's a guy who probably shouldn't play every day either. Um, just because Kendrick's old. He's did he rupture his Achilles two years ago? That's, I don't know, but let's, don't let's wrap it up. Sure, but wrap it, was, it up on Kendrick. Yeah. He's, whoa. Well, whoa. Then we have the word quick. People in the, want to know about Harry, they, Howie Kendrick. I, they do, but I think they know. I think I think we said it. I think we said it. So uh, how about Jock Peterson? Jock Peterson, give me your quick thought on Jock Peterson, the number 31 outfielder in points, number 32 in Roto. 20 home runs now for Jock Peterson. Yeah, but he'd slowed down a little bit. Oh, and yeah. um, I, I, I feel like it was coming back. Down to earth with more lefties on the schedule and not playing as consistently. It's it's hard to use him in a points league, I think, unless it's he, a daily lineup situation. Um, he hit ball hard, ball go far. Yeah, I mean, if you're just looking for a lot of home runs, I'd, I'd go with Hunter Renfro or Jorge Soler over him because yep. they play more often. Yeah, I, I start Peterson. I have, I have him in a daily league. I start him 
against righties. I sit him against lefties. Mm-hmm. He leads off for the Dodgers, so there's going to be a lot of counting stats there. You just know you're getting Thunder. a bad batting average. Okay, Michael Brantley. He homered two days ago for the first time in 32 games. Brantley is the number 13 outfielder in points, number 22 in Roto. Great batting average, not much else. Give me your quick thought on Michael Brantley. Start with Chris. He's like a superhero version of Nick Marquette. <laughs> Which is a must-own and must-start player. I yeah. have no... I don't really have much else to say about him. I don't think he's going to steal 20 bases again or get close to it like he usually does, but he's a really good hitter. Okay. That and works. he shows up pretty high in the rankings for both formats, right? Definitely in points leagues. Um, 13th in points, 22nd in Roto, yeah. Okay. But he just that already? He just went through a stretch of 31 games where he was the number 62 outfielder in points and number 116 in Roto. So yeah, I had I mean, him in my take, lineup all the time. If you take the least productive 32-game stretch of this season. But like, no, the numbers he's on pace were about what you'd expect for Michael Brantley. Yeah, it was just interesting. You know, I never took him out of my lineup because he still even mm-hmm. was batting 285. You know, everybody needs batting average. But he was 116th in Roto. All right. Uh, yeah, I, yeah, sorry. Hunter I saw a stat Dozier. yesterday, like something like 40 players are on pace for 35-plus home runs. So you, you stick a 20-homer guy in that environment. Wow. It's harder to get excited about him, but Brantley still manages to pull it off, I feel like. Yeah. That's a good point. Hunter Dozier coming back soon. Give me a quick thought on Hunter Dozier, Scott. Uh, very excited to have him back. I feel like he's going to be must-start just like he was before getting hurt. Would I'm you rather a have worried. Hunter Dozier or Michael Brantley? Brantley. Brantley. You're a little worried, he, Chris? He is. Yeah, I mean, this was such an outlier for him, and it was really only about a month and a half that, yeah, anything that might knock him off uh, knock him off balance is going to be concerning given his track record, which is mostly uh, pretty mediocre. Okay, next up, Caleb Smith. Five straight starts of less than six innings, currently on the I.L. with a hip injury, but, you know, wasn't pitching great before going on the I.L., mostly because of innings. Scott, give me a quick thought on Caleb Smith. I mean, that pretty much sums it up. He, I'm I'm less enthusiastic about him probably than at any other point this season. That said, he's rarely going to be a guy I sit still uh, just because it's it's hard to come up with five pitchers who uh, you trust regardless of matchups who are consistently giving you six plus innings. So I don't I don't think we've seen the last six plus innings start from him this year, but it's it's not the way the Marlins are using him. It's not going to be the norm. Is Caleb Smith still the best pitcher to Owen on the Marlins? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Chris, give me a quick thought on Travis Shaw. Basically, is it time to get rid of Travis Shaw? Yeah. For fantasy players or for the Brewers? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Um, Yeah, he's been dreadful since coming back. Uh, He's still striking out. I think I saw yesterday he's striking out 37% of the time since coming back from the IL. My goodness. Uh, He's been walking, so that's nice. But, yeah, I just... We're deep enough into the season, and this slump is so deep, and it started even in spring training that I just think you kind of have to write it off as a lost season. What's interesting is he has minor league options, so it's not like the Brewers just have to get rid of him. They could send him down, keep him in their organization, and then whenever he figures it out in the minors, call him back up. But Keston Hira should be up. You know, this... 
The Brewers offense has slowed down quite a bit with the exception of Christian Yelich, who just homers every day still. Uh, <laughs> and they've got a total black hole in their lineup in the form of Travis Shaw. They they need to call up Keston here. It doesn't make any sense why they wouldn't. Okay, yeah, it's a good good player to stash right now. Would you rather have yep. Brendan Rodgers or Keston Hira? I'd rather have. Uh, I mean, I think you got to go with Rodgers, bird in yeah. the hand. But um, yeah, I'd, my last prospect report, Keston Hira made his first appearance among the top five prospects to stash. So he's he is a good guy to stash right now. The last two players I had on, give me your quick thoughts on, were uh, Carlos Santana and Elvis Andrews. It's just worth pointing out they're both having great seasons. Andrews basically has the same exact slash line as he had in 2017 when he was the number two shortstop in fantasy. Uh, Now, those numbers wouldn't make him the number two shortstop in fantasy this year. It's just a better position. But still, it was 297 with 20 home runs and 25 steals. But he's already stolen 14 bases in 64 games. Like He's just having a great season. And I think it's obvious the injury really held him back last year. Santana, meanwhile, we've talked about him. Batted ball profile is a little bit better. Um, you know, batting average is higher. Not as fly ball dependent. So I'll just ask you guys real quick: Do you do you doubt what we're seeing from Santana or Andrews? Santana more than Andrews, I think, um, because like you said, we have seen this kind of season from Andrews, or we haven't really seen a two ninety batting average from Carlos Santana. At least uh, he he might have gotten close and, before, and but never, never. And yet, and yet, like his strikeout rate always suggested, why doesn't this guy hit for average? And and the difference, the the fact that he's hitting fewer fly balls, uh, you know, fly balls if they don't go over the fence usually translate to outs. So like becoming less of a fly ball guy in an environment where you can just make up for it by hitting the ball harder, which he's doing. Yes, he is. I, I think I think this might be, this might be uh, the season where. Uh, you know, you, you, you've talked, Chris, sometimes about a guy's best case scenario, worst case scenario. We may finally be getting the best case scenario from Santana here. Sure. Okay, well, the Marlins, you know that the most added list is exciting when the first two players are Miami Marlins. They are Jordan Yamamoto and Zach Gallen. Chris Towers is pumped right now, but he didn't Woo. meet the president last night. Jordan Yamamoto, Zach Gallen, Adam Plutko, and Merrill Kelly are the four most added players. Who are your favorite? Like, who are you looking to add right now? Yamamoto, Gallon, Plutko, and Merrill Kelly. Uh, Scott, give me your thoughts on the top four most added players in CBS leagues. I'm looking to add Gallon and Yamamoto, and I'm not looking to add the other two. Okay, Plutko and Merrill Kelly. Uh, Chris Ian Desmond continues to be hot. He's 53% owned. Now laugh at all the 53% of the our owners who own Ian Desmond. No, no, Ian Desmond. Um has actually made the kind of changes that he needed to make. Whoa. Um, Yeah, and I noticed this early in the season, even when things were going really poorly for him still, he was hitting a lot more balls in the air. His ground ball rate is down from 62% in 2017 and 2018 to 45%. And so that has translated to a 31% fly ball rate, 24% line drive rate. Those are really good. And he's still hitting the ball reasonably hard. He still plays half his games in cores. Um, the fact that he's not running is, I think, disappointing. But, you know, you look at a 271 average and an 846 OPS, 
based on how he's hitting the ball right now, that seems perfectly sustainable in a way that, you know, the 20 homers that he hit in 2018 did not. Man, but he's just having such a bad season. Like, it, it is one, one and a half. Is he, though? He's, yeah. he's up to like a 270 batting average on pace for more than 20 homers. On we pace for more than 20 steals, homers, like that's percent. nothing. Now, like as you said, it's, look at his just look at his fantasy points by a week. He had 45 fantasy well, points last week. So he's been yeah. okay. Yeah, you're gonna make a good point that he's worse in points because his plate discipline. Well, yeah, I mean, a three outfielder points league is probably not the format where you use him. It's more like a five outfielder roto yeah. league and 53 percent ownership. That's you know you factor in the NL only leagues and the five outfielder leagues. That's probably about right. Uh, all right. I mean, it just feels like. If we had this conversation two weeks ago, we would have been like, "No, he's overowned," because he basically had had one good week at that point. Forty, but he crushed. I mean, that, that series, that four-game series against the Padres, where they set the record, those two teams set the record for most runs scored in a four-game series. He had twelve RBIs, two home runs. Right, but but the changes to his profile started a lot early. And All right, so but there was no it's... production. Right, but that's but production is a trailing indicator of. Uh, is it? Yeah, this is where this yeah, is what I, I was saying so. yesterday. I'm getting so sick of all this X stats, but I understand. Well, your I point. haven't mentioned X stats. Yeah, well, but I'm you're basically saying the fact X. That he's hitting the ball in the air. You're basically. You, you know saying. what? You know what Desmond's XBA is? Uh, no, Almost exactly the same as BA. <laughs> okay. All right. So Desmond Mercado and Adam Kingery. thinks that's XBS. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Desmond Mercado and Kingery are on the most added list. How would you rank them? They're all outfield eligible. Uh, I would go, I think I'd go Kingery over Mercado and then Desmond. I was thinking Mercado over Kingery, but I, I'm fine with Kingery over Mercado as well. I think Desmond is third. We got to talk about Lourdes Gurriel. He's not in the top 10, but he's not far behind it. He homered again yesterday. Lourdes Gurriel is 61% owned. My, oh my, he is playing great for Toronto Batting 280 with nine home runs and 25 RBIs, and and since being recalled is even better than that. Um, who's excited about mm-hmm. Lourdes Gurriel? 61% owned. Lourdes, Lourdes. Yeah, I'm, I'm I mean excited. he's on like a he's performing at like a 40 homer pace, and that's with a home run to fly ball rate that's not drastically higher than he had last year. His BABIP's around 300. Like the X stats are unfavorable to him, but. <laughs> Uh, by by more, I guess, what have become traditional measures. Uh, it, it looks like this is something close to what he can, something he can sustain. And, and yeah, I think maybe even in points leagues, it's time to look into him. He's, over the course of his two major league seasons, or partial seasons, he's on a 31 homer, 94 RBI, 82 run pace overall with a 281 batting at. I'm going to give um, you four second baseman to rank. Okay, Guriel, Biggio, McMahon, and Kendrick. <clears throat> Guriel, Biggio, McMahon, Kendrick. Chris, go. Oof. Uh, I guess I'd go Kendrick. Mm-hmm. Uh, Biggio, Kendrick, Biggio, McMahon, Guriel. Okay, Kendrick, Biggio, McMahon, Guriel. Scott? I I think either I'm higher on Guriel or I'm not as interested in the part timer. I would go I would go Biggio, Guriel, McMahon, and then Kendrick fourth. Okay, that's a look at the most added list. Uh, let's do start, sit, or drop. All right, 
So here we go, guys. We got like 10 minutes to get a lot of notes in before we look at the, well, I don't know how much time we can spend on the two-star pitchers. But let, let's see what we can do here. Start, sit, or drop. Aaron Hicks. Drop. Uh, I have not dropped him in any of the several leagues where I stashed Liar! You dropped him in the podcast league. You liar, Scott White. Oh, okay. Sorry, I just, I just forgot. It's not the same <laughs> as a lie. Um, yeah, no, I, I, I would have liked to not drop him. But what, what makes it like obviously the five outfielder league, you know, it makes it easier to hold on to him there. But then the three outfielder league, we're normally talking about a points league, and that's going to be where he's most valuable. So it makes it easier to hold on to him there. It's, uh, it's pretty difficult to start him at both right now though yeah i am not sure he's going to play every day unless he starts hitting in fact i'm going to tell you he's not going to play every day because so they kept cameron I mean, maven they on the roster a big extension this offseason i don't know that anybody yeah, but it was a pretty day. small extension seven years mm-hmm. 70 million or something like that that's that yeah that's that's, that's a bench like the yankees could pay a bench player that yeah, he, I, he'll they play could, like five out of six they, days they wouldn't, I, I don't think they'd be wise to start sit or drop ryan braun Start. Um, uh, like he's just Sit. five outfielder Drop. material, so that's I'd be fine dropping. I'm sure he's so overowned, eighty percent. Gene Segura. Gene Segura is the number nineteen shortstop in points, twenty third in roto. He did miss a little bit of time. He has played sixty four games, but uh, he doesn't really stand out. The batting average is very low for him at two sixty nine. Starts it or drop Gene Segura? Yeah, he's going to get better, but it's. Just what's happened at the shortstop position, I, I feel like, has has pretty much crushed his value. I don't think I rank him inside the top 20 at the position, so if you get in a shallow enough format, you may have no choice but to drop him. Yeah, and he only has four steals, uh, Gene Segura. Yeah, uh, the steals yeah. are really disappointing, but he's probably got 40 points of batting average regression coming positive, and... His run pace is excellent. Now, he's not hitting at the top of the lineup right now, but I would assume when he's hitting 300 like he should, he'll he'll get back up there. So I, I would still want to hang on to him. I'll, I'll sit him. Okay, so Gene Segura. How about Matt Carpenter? Start, start, sit, or drop? Sit? Yes, sit. I'm, I moved him down. But the, the as we always say, as we've been saying for Carpenter for three or four years now, his quality of contact numbers are paint a paint a pretty rosy picture. Jesse Winker, start, sit, or drop. I think he's back to playing more now, right? Um, nonetheless, it'd, be, it'd have to be a five outfielder league. Yep. Okay. Entering, I haven't checked the last couple of days, but entering Wednesday, he did not have an extra base hit against lefties all season, Jesse Winker. Last guy. This one's really tough. I mean, he's playing well. He's just not playing enough. Fran Mill Reyes, 75% owned. Start, sit, or drop? Start. This Josh Naylor thing's going to end. Crazy. Yeah. Fran um, Mill Reyes is really league. good. At, at some point, it's going to... They're going to have to get him in the line. Keep him in the and, You know, he was dealing with a neck issue recently, mm-hmm. so that could explain why he missed four of the six games uh, before the last two. Mm-hmm. I hope that's the explanation. I hope so, too. Yeah. It was weird for him to sit three straight games. That had to be neck-related. All right, so yeah. so don't don't drop. You can make the decision based on your league start or sit. Maybe it's shallow versus deep, whatever, but hang on to Framil Reyes because better times could be ahead. 
I didn't get to Wednesday's starting pitchers, fringy starting pitchers, and I didn't get to Thursday's, obviously, because that was yesterday. So let's do Wednesday's fringy starting pitchers. And I guess tell me, I'm going to go one by one and just tell me if you want to own them or if you're okay cutting them loose. Andrew Heaney, he's now 79% owned. He has two starts next week. We like, you know, the walk-to-strikeout ratio, but he's got a 560 ADRA. What do you think about Andrew Heaney? Definitely hold on to him. Uh, mm-hmm. This was obviously the the most discouraging start. I, I had a column uh, at the start of the week, the next wave of breakout pitchers, and it was, I think it was it was six or eight names. He, he was among them. Pretty much, they've all they were all bad in their immediate their start immediately afterward. But thanks, Scott. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he's he's his stuff has looked really good, and he's been you know, throwing his breaking ball more which is you normally a key to success in today's environment. The walks have been a little high. The home runs have been a little high. But I, I still think there's a lot of good signs. And good pitching is hard to find, so I'd stick with them. Trevor Williams, Steven Matz, Matt Strom. Ah, oh, man. Steven Matz, just so inconsistent. He shows the He goes through these stretches where he looked really good, and then he just gets bombed. Uh, he's my favorite among this group. Mm-hmm. I think Trevor Williams is probably overowned at seventy percent. Okay, Matt yep. Strom was was actually pitching pretty well before going on the IL, coming off the IL, and getting crushed at Colorado, and then he got crushed against Milwaukee. So I'm still somewhat interested yeah. in him, and he's at yeah. Baltimore next. I week. was pretty suspicious of what of of how he was succeeding. Though. That's fair. Oh. Yeah, like his xERA yeah. was probably not great. Um, <laughs> Marco Gonzalez, Chris Bassett, and Trevor Richards. Marco Gonzalez, Chris Bassett, Trevor Richards. Uh, Marco Gonzalez is 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 a hard guy to pin down. Um, I I think the things we liked about him coming into the year, the things that made him successful last year, have kind of gone by the wayside. The strikeout rate, which wasn't good last year, is even worse this year. He's not that much of a ground ball pitcher anymore, and yet, you know, he can turn out these seven-inning, two-run starts that are still pretty valuable. Well, uh, so I, I, you know, he's 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 fringy, but um, in most in most formats, I'd probably own him. All right, Chris said Trevor Richards was his favorite. Marco Gonzalez, I brought it up many times. Marco Gonzalez has had. I think one of the toughest schedules in baseball. He's had some easier matchups lately, and he's been better. But next week, he's at Milwaukee and at Houston. So good luck, yeah. Marco Gonzalez. Thursday's fringy starting pitchers. All right, so Andrew Heaney and Nick Pavetta are are kind of similar. Oh, Pavetta's been much better than Heaney since coming back from the minors. But it's now two starts in a row. Now that the previous start was four runs and six and two-thirds at Atlanta. Atlanta, the hottest team in baseball, arguably. And in that start, he went six innings, he gave up two runs, he came out for the seventh, and gave up two more. But now this was just a, a truly bad start at Washington. Six earned runs and five and a third. So there's Pavetta, there's Jimmy Nelson, and Framber Valdez. Those three guys, would you cut them loose or would you hang on to Jimmy Nelson, Nick Pavetta, and Framber Valdez? I think you can cut Jimmy Nelson. His velocity is I, I three of the lowest velocity starts I believe, in his major league career have come so far this season, uh, including the lowest on Thursday. I think it was the lowest he's ever had an average fastball velocity by about half a mile per hour. Mm-hmm. So uh, he just yeah. he doesn't look right. Now, it, it could still be a situation like Mike 
Boltanevich where the velocity wasn't there and then suddenly it was. And we could argue about whether or not we should be excited about Boltanevich because of it. But um, I, I'd be fine dropping Nelson. Like I put in two claims last night in the podcast points league. Uh, I was dropping him for Alzale. I was dropping him for Stripling. But if it's a if it's a deeper league where you're just looking to find upside wherever, I, I wouldn't. I I don't feel like you have to give up on Nelson yet as a bench option. Obviously, it's such a shame I didn't make any waiver claims yesterday for Ross Stripling. I probably would have been able to get him, but I just like I was kind of hanging out with Bill Clinton, so I just didn't get a chance. But um, in terms of Pavetta and Valdez, they're more important than than Jimmy Nelson. Um, are you hanging on to Pavetta and, and Valdez? Yes. Okay. Um, it's a little harder to do Pavetta at this point, but I'd, I'd hold on to him more than I would Nelson. Yeah, I'm not super enthused about what we've seen from Pavetta since coming off the. What? That's, that sounds back. like, like I, I that sounds that like he's a reversal. I know that good results, but we were well, had, never. The version of Nick Pavetta that we were supposed to be excited about wasn't a guy striking out 23 batters in 27 innings. I mean, he did have he did have the six, the nine strikeouts in six innings, and mm-hmm. then he followed it up with a one run complete game gem. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the last two starts have been pretty awful. Five home runs combined, and that's been a big issue for him uh, all years. Is, is the long ball? So yeah, I just I don't believe Nick Pavetta is going to be a guy who can lead to enough soft contact to get away with being a even just an above average strikeout pitcher. I think he still is going to need to be an elite strikeout pitcher to make this work. And he hasn't been. Okay. But, but he was a strikeout per inning since coming back from the minors before last night, two strikeouts and five and a third. Uh, all right. Uh, rank these starting pitchers, Charlie Morton, Shane Bieber, Mike Miner, Frankie Montas. You said him too fast. Oh, cool. We get a graphic where I can look Morton, at that. Um, Morton, Bieber, Montas, Minor. I'd flip Bieber and Morton, but it's, you know, I could be talked into the other way. Now rank these starting pitchers. Odorizzi, Bumgarner, Robbie Ray. I'd go Bumgarner in spite of his awful start yesterday. And then Odorizzi and then Robbie Ray. Yeah, I would flip Ray and Odorizzi, but other than that, yeah. Okay, in the bullpen, I do think you need to be paying attention to Scott Oberg because Wade Davis mm-hmm. has been crap since coming back from the IL. Mm-hmm. Oberg's having a really mm-hmm. good year. Just awful. So yeah. keep an eye on that. Ruenas Elias got another save for the Mariners. Diego Castillo blew his first save of the season, but he's been struggling a bit. Eight earned runs in his last six appearances. And uh, Jose Alvarado should be back pretty soon. And Blake Trinan's just yeah. having a bad year, guys. He has already walked the same amount of batters that he walked last year. He threw 80 and a third last year with 21 walks. He's thrown 35 and a third this year with 21 walks. And uh, mm-hmm. just not the same guy. 408 ERA. Terrible yesterday. Didn't record an out. Gave up three runs. Mm-hmm. I, 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 You know what? Yeah, Listen, we, we, have, um, we don't have that many games next week. So I think we'll have more time to talk about a guy like Blake Trinan. Uh, just so we get it in before the end of the show, I think we should go through the two-star pitcher list. I'm sorry to cut you off, Scott. But next week, no we'll have a little bit more liberty. This was a really busy week of games. So I always like when we have fewer games. gives us more time to expand on players and whatnot and talk about, I think, more interesting topics. But uh, here we are. All right, so the two-star pitchers. And I don't... 
Clayton Kershaw at Arizona at Colorado. Uh, you're starting him. <laughs> okay. Giolito <laughs> at Boston and Minnesota. Like I said, big week to see what kind of pitcher he really is. But, of course, we're starting Lucas Giolito. Blake Snell at Minnesota mm-hmm. and Texas. Yep. Uh, Jake Arietta, Mets, and at the Marlins. Yep. Robbie- I mean, look, the, the thing about this week is there is about half as many two-star pitchers as there were last week. I think last week when I did the rankings, it ended up being 50 or just about 50. And this week it looks like there's 27 two-star pitchers. Yeah, well, why, so, why do you think Scott took last week off and he's back this week? Right? I know. <laughs> uh, so... <laughs> We're going to say yes to a lot of guys who, in other weeks, we may not. Okay. Um, Robbie Ray, Dodgers and at the Giants. Yep. I do think Robbie Ray is the most unique pitcher in fantasy. He is in a category all by himself. It's You just have to weigh how much each category of pitching stats matters to you. Strikeouts, whip, ERA, quality starts. You know what he's good at. You know what he's bad at. Uh, John Lester, yeah. Atlanta and at Cincinnati. In a points league, for sure. Yeah, points league, you could justify it. He has been awful lately, though. Uh, so I, there's no chance I'd do it in a categories league. How about uh, Kyle Gibson, Tampa Bay and at the White Sox? Yeah. 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 Julio Tehran. an awful start last time. I'm still pretty excited about him. Tehran at the Cubs and at the Mets. No. It's ludicrous that he's 89% owned. It's offensive. I I know we don't like Julio Tehran, but he has he's made bad. a he, he's made a career of outperforming his peripherals in a pretty drastic way, and um, I don't think he's bad. I think in a points league two start week, you could always consider using him. He's definitely not bad. He might be a he's bad fantasy pitcher. Definitively bad. No, he's actually definitively pretty solid. He's not great for fantasy because he doesn't excel in any categories. He, his walk-to-strikeout rate stinks, but he's 30 starts every year with the, usually a sub-4 ERA. He's a very valuable pitcher. That is why I hate X-Stats. Uh, Zach Davies, Seattle and Pittsburgh. Yes, yes. I, In fact, I was considering putting in a claim, drop, dropping Nelson for Azale, and then dropping... Davies for Stripling, but I thought better of it seeing those two matchups coming up for Davies. Now, he might be bad. <laughs> that scares me, um, even with the matchups. But okay, Chris, what about you? Davies? I mean, he's outperformed his peripherals just like Julio Tehran has, so I don't <laughs> see why we would be thinking he's bad. Well, you you do. Yes. Yeah, I do think he's bad. <laughs> would you start him next week, Zach Davies? In a points league. How about Max Freed at the Cubs and at the Mets? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'd start him. How about Steven Matz at Philadelphia and home against Atlanta, who just roughed him up? Uh, If I already owned him in a points league, I'd probably stick him in my lineup. I would not drop somebody I cared about for him, though, if I didn't own him in a point. I don't know what his ownership is, but... Matz, 74%. Yeah. Definitely not in category. Goodbye, everybody. Have a wonderful weekend. Wow. Thank you for letting. Yeah, well, look, I got stuff to do. This is all today's all about me, Scott. So as you, he's got to go uh, get Bill Clinton on the phone. <laughs> yeah, and follow up on last night's dinner. <laughs> that was so cool. Yeah, I'm sure. 
It was so cool. <laughs> uh, yeah, so listen, thanks for listening, everybody. Not, you know, busy week, didn't get to a lot of emails. Next week, we're going to make up for that, I promise. We'll read your questions and have some more fun on the show, do some regulate and stuff like that. Uh, have a great weekend. Make sure you watch CBS Sports HQ on Sunday to watch Fantasy Baseball Today, the video show, 3 to 6 p.m. Eastern. And uh, for Scott and Chris, I'm Adam. See you later.